four different aspects of career happiness, I would say. The first is knowing your strengths, those innate abilities that you have that you don't even have to think about it that make you unique. The second pillar is your value. Very important, and we've put a lot more emphasis on that, is that are you aligned your values with that of the organization? We talk about skills. So skills are your things that you've learned, the way that you go about the work. And then the fourth pillar is how you, your personality or how you are wired. Welcome in, lovely and loyal listeners. You are listening to The Free Retiree Show, your go-to podcast for your career and your finances. I'm your host, Wealth Manager Lee Michael Murphy, and alongside my pal, Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? Today, we're going to be talking about how you gain career clarity. Also important. Serge, I know a lot of times we talk about people that we've interacted with not knowing if, hey, am I in the right role? I've dedicated so many years of my life doing X. Should I be here? What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, hundred percent. I think uh, working in Silicon Valley, I've told you like the first half of my career was in sales. And I, I think not until I had that self-awareness of, I hated doing this job every day. I didn't have that clarity. And then once I had that kind of self-awareness and it, it all became clear, this wasn't meant for me. That's, I think when my career started getting better, I started making more money. I started being happier. So I'm really excited just to have our guest on today to help others get that clarity. Yeah. So many times we're all thinking, was I meant to do this? Am I utilizing my skills? And today we got Shelly Piedmont on. She is a fantastic resource on this topic. She helps people navigate the waters and make sure they are actually doing what they were always meant to do, which is important. You don't want to have a life where you're doing something and you look back on, on your deathbed. Was I supposed to do that? I don't know. So Shelly helps prevent that. So Shelly's job, she wants to give you your dream job. And she does that through very intricate steps and a process called UMAP, which is very interesting. We'll talk more on the episode about it. Mm-hmm. But she really believes that everyone can find their dream job as long as you do these right steps, you practice your interviewing, and you make sure that you have a top-notch resume. We talked about this a lot of times. Serge, what do you think the secret sauce to your resume is? Before I answer that, I saw a funny post on LinkedIn. It Someone was like, why do we call it our dream job? Did anyone actually dream of working? That yes. was the post. And I was like, it's <laughs> a really good point. Is it, do any of it, is it actually a dream job? Like, do any of us really want to be working every day? Some do. I don't. But what was your question again, Lee? What was your question? I said, what's your, for your resume, what do you think is key? Like when you're looking at resumes, people that you're bringing on, what are you, what are you looking for? Yeah, I think it's a combination of simplicity and then also showing uh, results. So you don't need 10 bullet points per job. I would highlight the most important bullet points and highlights of your career. And then what you actually did, the results. I think too many times it's it doesn't show what you did. And a lot of the times it's hard to understand the impact the person had. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. And so Shelly, she's going to give us a little tips on her resume, what she likes to look for. And then also, like we said before, we're going to go over the UMAP. So Shelly is also a certified SPHR, which is Senior Professional in Human Resources, a very prestigious designation. And she's also got her SHRM SCP. Actually, I'm going to have to ask her what that one means. I'm not sure on that one, but that's de- designed for people that are in HR roles that are at an extremely high 
position. And we're also going to be talking about the four reasons that people are relying on or you, or basically using as excuses from going to that next career. And so she's made a wonderful blog article and she's going to share that as well. But without further ado, Shelley Piedmont, how are you doing this morning? I am doing great. And it's great to be with you and Sergio. Yes. Nice to talk with you again. I know we spoke some weeks back, but you do a fantastic job of helping people navigate your navigate their careers. And just how did you get into this? How did you develop this as your passion, your dream? A lot of times when people think about their dream job or what they're going to be passionate about, HR is not really one that comes to mind for a lot of folks. I'm wondering, how did you figure out your journey? Like many people, I stumbled into it. it wasn't where I initially thought I was going to go. I graduated with a degree in economics and I thought I'll be an economist because what else do you do with that degree? And I did. I worked for the Department of Labor for three years as an economist and I did not like that job at all. And so I decided, well, I'll reimagine my career, do something else. I ended up going into something I enjoyed much more, which was restaurant operations. Mm. And then my job was eliminated and the organization that I worked for said, Hey, would you like to be a recruiter? I said, I don't know really anything about it, but sure. Why not? And so that's really how I started my HR career, did recruiting for many years, then decided I wanted to become an HR generalist and worked my way into director level HR positions and enjoyed that. And then I had an epiphany because I was in a role that was great, enjoyed it. And then my company got acquired. And that's always bad for HR people because we are then redundant. So it made me think about what I really wanted to do as my next step. Did I want to remain in corporate HR? Did I want to do something else? And then I used a lot of the tools that we'll talk about today with you, Matt, to understand more about me. And then I said, mm, no, I'm going to make another pivot. And that was to be a career coach and help others. So I was on the corporate side for hiring. I'm going to help all those job seekers that I know could do better and could find better fitting roles if they knew a little bit more about the process in themselves. I'm already noticing that you have this gift on being able to transition without worry because starting off as an economist at the, working for the DOL at Department of Labor <laughs> and then transitioning out of that to something completely different, restaurant, HR. That's really a fantastic trait that you have. That's pretty rare. Do you, did you feel any fear in these jumps to go in a direction that's so different than what you're doing, that what you were conditioned to do? I would say always a little bit, but the other part of me is that I'm big on learning. And we'll talk a little bit about that when it comes to UMAP. But because I'm a learner, I was exploring all of these options beforehand. Now, I will say probably not so much the recruiter position because they just said, either you take this job or you don't have any job. And I was, well, I'll, I'll take this job and see if I like it and figure it out. Yeah. But for the other ones, I really thought hard and long about it, understood a little bit more about what those jobs entailed and really did an analysis and said, would I be good at it? 
And so I didn't feel it was a huge risk doing something completely blind. So no, I felt good about that. And I'm glad I have no regrets. Shelly, something that stood out to me in your story was you said yes. When they asked you about the HR, I know it was like you didn't have another job lined up, but you said yes. And I think a lot of people I've talked to are afraid to say yes in these different search situations where that maybe they're uncomfortable. They don't know enough about the role. They don't feel like they're qualified. And I think for the listeners out there, like just say yes. I know it's cliche, but a lot of times you don't know what you're going to stumble into by just trying something out versus just doing the same thing over and over again. No, I would agree with you. I did think about that job and, okay, what do I know about it? And how does that fit with me? And I saw a lot of things align up, but my thought was, well, I would be no worse off if I, they, I said, no, <laughs> I would have no job. So I, what's the benefits in the other areas, the, the kind of risk. And I thought, well, And where I was at that time, it made sense to try it. And I'm so glad I did because I really enjoyed recruiting. And I know that I would never have thought of that as a career path had I not been given that opportunity. So being in HR, you have these SHRM certifications, which are very prestigious. I know they have the tests and all that stuff to get there. Um, You got to see a lot of people that were probably not happy with their career choice people that were struggling in different roles, or maybe people that thought, I'm not that excited about this role, but it is what it is. And this is what I got to do. How do do you look at people and determine whether they're in the right spot or maybe they need to change? And, And how would you recommend other people look at that question? Well, from an HR perspective, so oftentimes I was dealing with performance management. And so it often can be people who are not performing well, And so part of me was, okay, why is it? So we go through the checklist. Is it a training issue? Is it a skill issue? Is it just, they're not engaged in that, that particular type of work. I once had a person, lovely, who was very smart. And at the end of the day, this person was like, I really just don't like to do this work. Mm. Well, that's why the person wasn't doing well. It, it was not a good match <laughs> that for adds them. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so part of that discussion was, okay, what do you like to do? Is there something that could possibly be a fit? And I always encourage people to find that, whatever that was. And if the job was not of current, the current job is not a fit, it's okay to go find something else. Because at the end of the day, if you're not in the right job, you're not excited about it, you're not giving the company really their money's worth, and maybe there's somebody else who would love that job. It would do great. It would be a great fit. So I'm a big believer of people finding the right place helps them. It also helps the company. Yeah, Shelly, you said something interesting that I don't think people realize is it's okay to leave. It's okay not to be a fit for a job and switch companies because at the end of the day, once you leave, they're going to, they're going to hire somebody in a week, maybe two, and you're going to be long forgotten if we're being honest. (laughs) (laughs) So I think we have to, sometimes you have to learn. It took me a while, but like you learn to prioritize yourself without sounding selfish, but you have to, because the company is going to move on. They might love you, but like they're going to move on. Is that fair? What are your thoughts there? No, I would agree. I think your career is a long one. And 
I know having been in the wrong job, how detrimental that is. It's physically, emotionally can be really tough and it can spill over to your personal life. I remember when I was in a job that wasn't a good fit. Oh my gosh, every day I would come home and I would have to, my poor husband would have to hear about (laughs) how bad that job was. And finally he was like, what? Do something about it. I'm not, I'm really tired of hearing. (laughs) Good for him. Way to stand up, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) And so, yes, that was, I needed to do something about it. And then I did, but then, so I think it's really important to know what's right for you and then make that a priority and go for it. So when it comes to utilizing UMAP, what are the benefits and how does it work? Okay. I love UMAP and I'm glad we get to talk about this. UMAP is a program. It was developed by Kristen Sherry and it is a way to discover how you can thrive at work. Now UMAP can be used for career clarity, but it doesn't only have to be for that. A lot of UMAP coaches use it for life coaching. I know there's weight loss coaches that use UMAP. So it's really a way to better understand the individual. And when it comes to careers, UMAP really focuses on four different aspects of career happiness, I would say. The first is knowing your strengths those innate abilities that you have that you don't even have to think about it that make you unique. The second pillar is your value. Very important, and we've put a lot more emphasis on that, is that are you aligned your values with that of the organization? We talk about skills. So skills are your things that you've learned, the way that you go about the work. And then The fourth pillar is how you, your personality or how you are wired. We're all very different. And so understanding those four pillars help you to understand the type of work, the type of organization that will be best for you. And they all four work together. So you can be aligned with all your strengths, but if your values are not being recognized, if you're not using the skills you want to do and it doesn't fit your personality, it won't be a good fit job. So we use that as the basis for understanding the complexities of the person and how, and from a career perspective, you can better thrive in your career. Those are some really great pillars in that program. One thing I noticed is Gen Z, Serge and I I talk about different generations. It's tough to group everyone in together into one title, but for the most part, we have seen a trend with Gen Z, especially on the value side, really trying to, and that's one thing I admire about like Generation Z is they seem to be more into the values and making mm. that the priority on the skill side. I don't know. I think there's a little, little suspect on their skills, but no, I'm just kidding. All the Gen Zers, I'm not talking generalizing about generalizing an entire generation. Yeah, just generalizing y'all. <laughs> but I do see that as a trend. What's your thoughts on that of the next generation looking for job roles that are more based off of what they believe is right and what's important to them? Well, we all have values and 
prior generations, we sort of had it to discard those values. And it was, well, we don't care about your values. You just do the job sort of thing. And I think it's really healthy to understand what you value and to find an organization that will align with that. Because when the values are not aligned, we say it feels like you have to take a shower as soon as you get home. You feel <laughs> dirty. <Yeah. laughs> yeah, I felt that before. Working at Enterprise Rent a Car, I felt that. I yeah, you that. feel icky, right? It just it's, it doesn't Facebook. feel right. Everything. And you can, you can do work that. You maybe it's a interesting work, but that is a huge thing, and it's always in the back of your mind, and it just it doesn't feel right, and you can't thrive there. So I think it's really important that we recognize those values, understand also part of the job seeker process should be what organizations will align with that too. Because that's where you really will feel like, oh, I'm here. This is, these are my people. They get me. I get them. It's a great place. So you mentioned UMAP, right? The, I think it was four, the four components. Like if mm -hmm. you were to, to stack rank them or prioritize, is there like a priority? Like if somebody was like, okay, I'm in this job and I have two of the four or three of the four, what are the most important or I'm just trying to understand, like, can it work if they have two of the four or if, or what are your thoughts there in terms of That's like prioritization? Question. Yeah. Okay. So it's important that you understand all four. Ideally, you would want to have everything aligned, but let's face it, there's trade-offs. So I think based on what you get from your UMAP, then you can see what are the things that I absolutely need? imperative. I will not be able to thrive in that organization if I don't have it. And then you can have the want to haves, certainly, that I really would love to have this, but if I don't, then as long as I have my need to haves, I can still make that work out. So I wouldn't say there, hate to say that one pillar is more important than the others. Now, the first pillar, we do an assessment called the Clifton Strengths for that one. And Clifton Strengths has done studies and they say if you are using generally your top strengths in your job, you will be more engaged with your work. And so they also have seen that because of that, your life be happier because of that. So I would say that one is an important one because it's the strengths, it's the innate things. Actually, you often provide more value because those are things you do really well. Most of the time, that's things you enjoy. So I would have people keep that in mind, definitely, uh -huh. because I think you will find just your work life less stressful when you're doing the things that you really enjoy doing. But I would say, I think you need to keep all of them sort of in your eyesight because if something is really counter to any of those pillars, I think you're going to struggle. Going on these steps, the skill part, I think we all might have in our mind, I think I'm good at that, but how do you, with going through this Clifton Strength Finder what are some of the things that are the top skills and how do you think about 
when you're thinking about what are my skills, what's the process for going through that? I've just never gone through the Clifton Strength Finder or an, a test that's comparable to it. So what are some of those features? Okay. Well, strengths and skills are a little bit different in UMAP. So let's, you mentioned skills. So let's talk a little bit about the skills. So you go through an assessment where you talk about, or we go through and look at what are the skills that you're really good at? Okay. And what are the skills that you think you would enjoy? Okay. And then you sort of are ranking them. And then so then you get a kind of a list of the, the skills and they're in categories. And so you, we look at, okay, are there certain categories that have a lot of the skills that you like and want to do? Are there categories that you don't? And then as a coach, I also then go through talking about the current job that the person has and are they using their preferred skills? Mm -hmm. So we'll go through an exercise, look through that, because it's really important for being able to thrive in a job that you're doing the skills that you are good at and you want to do. And so we go through that list and we'll do a percentage and we'll figure out what the percentages of the skills that you prefer doing that you are doing. And oftentimes we'll find there's a discrepancy, meaning the job may be more skewed to the other skills that are the draining skills that you don't particularly want to do, even if you're good at, just mm. don't interest you. And so when we look at that, then that can help one. Is there a way for your, for you to, within your organization, do more of the skills that you would like to do? Is that possible? And if that's not possible, then what other types of work would allow you to do the skills that you would prefer? And then when it comes to strengths, what's the way you go about looking at your strengths versus your weaknesses? And do you completely avoid anything that involves your weaknesses or do they teach you that you should address them? Okay. So strengths, so those are your innate abilities. We look at the top five strengths according to the Clifton strengths. So we don't really look at the bottom strengths. Remember, they're all strengths. They're just, you have more of some than others. <laughs> so and we're not calling a weaknesses. We're just calling bottom strengths. I like that. I like that. I can roll with this program. They're preferred strengths. Things that, <laughs> My non-preferred strengths. So, but, but what we do with the top five is we look at how they work in combination. So the way that UMAP looks at the strengths is you've got some drivers, some passengers and fuel. And so the drivers are so strong that it is pretty much every day you're using that strength or you're thinking about that strength. The passengers support that. So like in a car, they may have the GPS or they may be giving you directions, but they're supporting that. They're still strong, but not as strong as your drivers. And then your fuel is then what kind of keeps you going. So I, mm. to give you an example for me, my top two drivers, I have two of them. They are achiever and discipline. That is what my life is about. I like to get things done and I like to put structure around things. That is what I think about almost every day. My passengers are, I'm a learner, love to learn, 
love to read, love to listen to the podcast, love that. Second is input. I love to collect information because I'm always thinking about how can I use that? How can a client use that? Okay. And then my fuel is I'm a relator. I, I love talking to people and seeing about them and learning about them. And it doesn't matter if that's the janitor or the CEO, doesn't matter. I'm interested. So I know given that, then how they work together, what types of roles that I should be doing because I need those to use those strengths, okay? So what was apparent to me when I talked about before that my company got acquired, they retained me, but I started not using those strengths because the requirements of what they wanted me to do were very different. So I loved my job prior because I was using every single one of those strengths. I thought, oh, this is great. I'm doing all this fun stuff. It was very engaging. When it changed, not using those strengths, yeah, it was a huge problem for me because I felt very frustrated. So yeah. that gives you an example of how UMAP works to help you understand your how you use your strengths and where you should be in terms of types of roles, organizations that will encourage that. Yeah. My company just had us go through its finder exercise. It wasn't Clifton. It was like VIA Institute. It was like a different one, but it was really interesting because we were able to see where everyone, like as a team, where everybody fell. So you knew how to approach people. You knew where their strengths were, where their weaknesses were. My top five are honesty, humility, Kindness, fairness, and perspective. Those are the top five. Kindness? Really? That, Surprising. That's it came out? Right. Surprising. I don't know. Yeah, that was a flaw in the test. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> Those were my top five. <laughs> but to your point, when I can't, honesty can go either way in a corporate environment. So when that's, when I see that lacking or it can frustrate me. And I, I think that stood out to what you were talking to, Shelly, is when these strengths are at conflict, it can frustrate people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of the values, what are you seeing that, let's just, let's talk for the employers. Maybe we've given some good advice for the people that are the employees, but employers, HR people, what are your tips on the values that people are really looking for in today's society? Is there anything that is trending in 2022 going into 2023 that employers and the internal staff need to really be aware of? Well, values are different for everybody. So that's a really important thing to remember. So what I value may be different than somebody else's value. We are starting, well, not even starting. It has been for a while with the value of balance. Balance mm -hmm. in the role, maybe, and then balance within the work life and the private life. So that's an important one. The uh, Another one is for some people, it's the respect. So being respected, now that can look differently for different people, but that, that can be that uh, you value me. And uh, sometimes that means that you will accept input from me. So those are other different values that I think employers need to be aware of. And I think it's 
something that is wise for anyone in the hiring process to do is obviously they focus on the doing the job. Yeah. But if you want long-term success for the person that you're going to hire, I would also understand a little bit about their values and to see if you are in alignment with that. Because if you are not, or you cannot be, then this probably is not a good fit long-term, this mm. individual. No, that's great advice. Personality-wise, so I think we've talked pretty much about all these things on the UMAP, but the personality. Now, here's one thing where I see an issue on the personality for a lot of folks. A lot of people are unaware of their personality, <laughs> although they, they spend all their time in their body and they get to, they feel like they know their personality. The way that they perceive themselves can so often be very different. Serge, I know you're picking up what I'm putting down right now. Uh, we all know that person that thinks they're one thing and they are totally the other. How do you recommend people find more about their personality? And then for these other people that you know, maybe they're in these jobs and they're all, they're the ones that are generally like, oh, this happened. This is why it didn't work out. That's Those are the ones that I think we see where they're unaware of their own personality. What's the mm -hmm. process of figuring one's personality out? Maybe if you're self-aware. Well, or you have a lack of self-awareness or, yeah. or like the accountability. I think you're getting at too, right? Yeah. Being aware and being accountable for your part in this whole thing. Okay. That's hard. And as you say, that's a hard thing for a lot of people. And I can tell you as an HR director, <laughs> I had to have a lot of conversations about, let's talk about your role in this issue. And what did you do? And how did you approach this? And of course, a lot of people are like, oh, I didn't do anything. Yeah, that's perfect. You start unwinding it. You're like, yeah, I think you did. So that's always such a great, awkward conversation. Yeah, it is an awkward conversation. And why whenever I hear or see something online, someone's giving their perspective on a conversation. I'm like, oh, I really would love to see what the other person had to say, because I'm betting it might be a little bit different. So I think... The first thing you have to do is you have to understand that knowing yourself only helps you be better. That when you will not take a look at yourself, you're stuck in a box. And it's really hard to get out of that box. If you happen to be in a good place where that box works, all good. But in many places, that box is not working. And the clue is, if you have the same situations happen over and over again, the commonality is you. So how do you get out of that? Well, one of the things you can do is have conversations with people who you feel will give you honest feedback not necessarily your boss, but people in your life. And having those conversations where you ask me, if there was one thing you would suggest I do differently, what would that be? <laughs> or something like that. To open up the conversation, because oftentimes the people around you see it but you don't. And therefore, when you start getting that feedback, and if you get it from multiple people, 
then you start thinking, well, why are all these people saying that? You know, it, then it clicks. Well, maybe that's something that I need to be aware of. Now, UMAP can help in that because we go through all of the strengths and values and stuff. So some of that you can see maybe that aligns. So a strength all has lots of positives, but you can overuse a strength. And sometimes that becomes a negative. So that's, there's some awareness then of, about that. I'm an achiever. I like to get things done. I am in a family that achievers, the three people in my family, they are not achievers. That's way down <laughs> on the strengths. And so when I overuse that achiever, my family is, whoa, <laughs> you need to step back. Yeah, right? Shelly, I see in your bio when you were 10 years old, you said you were going to this college and you actually went to the college? Yeah. And graduated. <laughs> wow. So the achiever, you're an achiever. That's an achiever understatement. and discipline. We <laughs> got to connect you with this guy named Matt McElroy. Uh, <laughs> we we got to get you guys in touch. <laughs> I have stalked your blog. I think you're doing a fantastic job. Uh, one article that really stuck out to me was the four things that hold people back. One, can you? tell people how they can check out your material and get in touch with you. And then to close, once you go into these four things that are holding people back. Sure. So I'm glad you like my blog. I put a lot of time and effort into it. I can it. tell it's a very well done. Thank you very much. I have a lot of thoughts about careers and that's a great way for me to do a little bit more long form pieces. So you can go to my website, which is wshellypiedmont.com and slash job blog. And I have blogs about almost everything about job search. So there's always something there that you can find that will be of interest. This one blog post was a little bit more philosophical. But I hear a lot of people say, I can't, I can't fill in the blank. And a lot of times that's because it's a loop in their head that they've come to, maybe because other people have told them that, or they suppose that, and it holds them back from thriving in their career. I'm a big believer that you can, but you have to be open. So some of the things that hold people back oftentimes is I don't like what I'm doing, but what else can I do? So they're just stuck and they think, well, I don't know what I want to do. So therefore I can't move forward. Okay. So new map is great because that helps with that problem. Right. So once you understand yourself a little bit more, then you can be a little broader in terms of thinking, oh, okay, what's next? What can I potentially transfer to another job? So it keeps people moving forward and out of that mindset. The other thing is, well, if I do this, it won't work out. Like the naysayers. Now, there's risk to everything, but you can mitigate the risk by also planning and doing research. And the other thing I bring out in this blog post is if you really are concerned, think about what is the worst thing that can happen. And then what can you do to mitigate that? And then 
what, what, again, what could be the worst thing? You can keep on going down that, that hole and you find out that in your mind, you've got the worst thing that could possibly happen. The chances of that happening are so slim because you would have done all these other things to make sure that didn't happen. That can help you with your confidence that what you want to do may not make things worse, that it may make things a whole lot better for you. So that's another one. Third one is people say, I can't make a switch because I will make less money or I will have a lower title. And they make that assumption often without doing the research around whether that is true. For many career switchers, I've seen it that they made more money because they've moved to a, a job or an organization where they're valued higher. They may make a transfer and maybe they make the same amount of money or potentially, yes, they could make less, but maybe they that's okay because that's going to be the springboard for them to be happier in their job and they'll take that's okay. Or it's a springboard for them to actually make more money in the future. So before you say you can't because I'll make less money, do your research, figure out what is the truth behind that statement, if it is true, and then what can be a plan to move forward. And then the last one is, well, no one will want me because no one will want the skills that I have. And I find that very interesting because how many different jobs are there? There's so many different jobs. I'm always amazed when I look at job descriptions, like, wow, that's a really interesting job. And it asks for that. And, oh, that's a really interesting job. I once was in a conversation with a gentleman that was a recruiter for one of the amusement parks and the different job titles that he was recruiting for was amazing people with like really specific talents and he would want them at the amusement park because they were doing something, a show or yeah. something like that, that they needed that. So it just goes to show that there's employers out there that really would like your skills. And we know from studies that about 85% of skills are transferable in another realm. So before you say no one will want my skills, do your research, investigate, find out who would want it, and then make your decisions based on that. Love it. Shelly, before we let you go, something interesting in your bio, your youngest child got married on April Fool's Day. Is that true? Yeah. That's, that's like the biggest <laughs> troll of all time. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> What was that about? He won't forget it, but and he thought that was great, and his wife thought that was great too. So. <laughs> That's hilarious. Shelly, one more time. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you with your website? My website is shellypiedmont.com. So you can go there. I will let people know I'm doing a rebrand. I know, I my... saw that. So I was a little confused if the website Yeah, was I am doing a rebrand. My website in a few months will have a different name, but if you go there, you will be redirected to yeah. my new site and I will have all the great information there, my blog, everything else. 
Amazing. Thank you so much, Shelly, for coming on our show this morning. You did a fantastic job of explaining the UMAP processes that people need to be aware of on their search to find their dream job. Surge, there is such thing as a dream job, right? And you've proven that. You just got, it takes a little bit more work. So thank you for sharing your insight. We really value you. That was great. I was glad to have this discussion. Thanks, Shelly. You've been listening to the Free Retiree Show. So long for now. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA, www.finra.org, SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed for the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is an investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McGillory are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Facebook, Inc., The opinions of attorney Matt McGillory do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.